Welcome to Church Media HQ. My name is Luke Clayton, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Before we get into today's episode, I do want to remind you to take a moment to subscribe. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts, if it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or somewhere else. Just take a moment to subscribe, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, whenever we put out new content, you will be the first to know. And if you are watching on YouTube or even Facebook, please take a moment to like this video because that helps us get seen by other church leaders like you. And if you're feeling really generous and you really want to be a huge help, it would mean so much to us if you took a moment and left us a review uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Maybe make it a five star if if you're a really nice guy. But we really do want to know what you think about it. And again, when you review, when you rate uh, the podcast, it helps this get seen by other church church leaders so that they know. So if it's been a help to you, then that is a big way that you can be a help to us. Well, today's conversation is with Brian Sams. Brian Sams is a pastor at River City Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. He's been there for a few years now, and he has really uh, transformed his church for the better. Brian Sams is an excellent communicator and he's really a very great leader and he's got a lot of insight on media marketing but really church in general and i think you're going to be helped by today's conversation so let's get right to our conversation with brian sams I'm uh, excited to welcome uh, Brian Sams to Church Media HQ and to our uh, our podcast. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself rather than me try to you know talk you up. You uh, you know more about you than I do. So take it from here. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Luke. It's good to good to be here with you today and uh, catch back up with you for a few minutes before we got on here. Well, I'm currently the senior pastor at the River City Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. I came here in the summer of 2016, and actually Luke helped me design our first logo and helped us get our first website going, so I appreciate that because it was altogether terrible when I got here. So we we got that going. It was Harvest Baptist Church at the time. Two years into the church, we'd experienced an enormous amount of growth. We'd outgrown our property, and the Lord led us to go to another property. We actually purchased an old Lutheran church building that's about 50 years old, and we upgraded from about 19,000 square feet to 50,000 square feet, got a gymnasium, a beautiful property on part of town, and at that time, we changed our name to River City Baptist Church. It kind of just totally changed our identity, our name, and everything when we relocated, and so it's been an amazing journey here. Um, Obviously, I still am involved in Bible college work, which is where I met you, of course, um, I teach online at Veritas Baptist College, uh, primarily in the preaching department, but also do Old and New Testament survey. And more importantly than all of those things, I've been happily married to Angie for 19 years this summer, and we have five kids. Uh, I've got uh, a 13-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 3-year-old, a 2-year-old, and a 6-month-old. And some people that may not know me might be interested to know that four out of my five kids were adopted, which is kind of unique to our story. 
But uh, the Lord's been good, and, and I'm thankful for every opportunity that I get to serve Him and be a part of His work. Well, that's awesome. And yes, you got a major upgrade on kids since we last talked. I think last <laughs> time you just had the two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we got that, them all. In fact, awesome. we got them all in um, in nine months. We picked up wow. three kids, their siblings. Wow. Yeah, you so, usually get one in nine months. So that's uh, uh, not uh, us, man. We're overachievers. <laughs> well, it's funny. There's actually a guy I know who he's been on the podcast several times before. Who. Uh, yeah, at last time I actually physically saw him in person, he had no kids. Now he's got, uh, three, I think he's two are adopted one he's fostering. Uh, so yeah, man, that's, uh, that's awesome. Well, I gotta, I gotta ask a little story of how you came to your church and, and some background there, but I gotta ask everyone, I'm asking everyone, at least pastors and church leaders that I'm talking to, uh, it's obviously been a very crazy year. Uh, in terms of uh, you know everything that's changed, how have you guys responded to that? In terms of mm-hmm. you know about this time last year, we were just weeks away from getting shut down and going all church online, and ever since then, really the landscape of church has rapidly changed. And so, how have you guys kind of dealt with that? Yeah, I mean, like everybody else at the very beginning, we went on. I think it was an eight week um, lockdown. We and, and and just you know, my my philosophy through this whole thing has been. I'm going to follow whatever everybody else has to follow. So if restaurants and places were at 50% capacity, that's just what we did. If restaurants and stuff were shut down statewide, although they did not put a lockdown on churches ever, we just kind of went ahead and did it. And the reason that is is because we followed the kind of love your neighbor as yourself model. We decided that it would be odd, really, for us to just ignore what everybody else is having to face and just kind of march on as if it didn't matter. There's a lot of really people that are really scared. And whether they should be or not, that's a whole other subject. But what is true is that they want to know that it's safe and clean. And um, so that's what we did. We had eight weeks off on Mother's Day. We came back. And at that time, we were at 25% capacity. So we did three services Totally social distance. The the chairs were arranged in sections. They were six feet apart from the other sections. Uh, of course, we then ramped up our online presence with a with a live stream uh, that we've still kept to this day because we probably still have about thirty people that have not come back to church yet. A lot of those people are older folks. Um, but interestingly enough, um, our church has grown. We actually picked up 60 to 75 um, members during the pandemic. Oh, wow. Uh, We have, I think, seven queued up for new membership this coming Sunday. And every Sunday in January, we gain new members. So we've actually actually been on a roll. In fact, before COVID, uh, our offerings, um, uh, since COVID, excuse me, our offerings have increased uh, to 25% over budget. And that's over the new budget. So we never were under budget during COVID at all. Most of the time we were over budget by 10, 15%. And January was our largest offering, uh, general offering in the history of our church. So things are things have been surprisingly good. And I think some, I think the reason is people knew that we cared about them. I think that's really important. Then also, COVID was this weird time where frankly people started thinking about church. A lot of people decided to switch churches. And, mm-hmm. and that's not a slam on anybody that lost people. Everybody lost people. And 
And it's because if they weren't a part of the family, if your church did not have a family feel and those people that were out on the fringes of the church and they weren't locked in and engaged, they were looking for a new family. And so we experienced a lot of that that took place during COVID. One of our strategies for um, connecting with people that weren't coming back is we sent letters and giving envelopes to people that we knew weren't coming. And man, our older folks have not missed giving. Of course, we really put an emphasis on our online giving. And we went from about 25% online giving, 75% in-person giving to about 65-35 now. So the vast majority of our giving is now online. And even though we have a good crowd coming back on Sundays now, um, still people give primarily online. Uh, Now we're fully operational. We have nursery. We have children. We have uh, a youth group that meets. We have some Bible studies. But um, we still practice social distancing. We still... Have um, we actually require masks coming in? Hmm. Once people get to their seats, we let, allow them to take it off for worship, and that's probably more than we need to do. But it's not hurt us. The only thing that would ever hurt us is when somebody feels uncomfortable. And we and our church, thankfully, is not filled up with a bunch of radical conspiracy theorist people uh, that think that if you wear a mask, you you know you're probably going to take the mark of the beast next. You know we. <laughs> We, I just kind of, honestly, Luke, I just preach that stuff out of the back door of my church. That, that, that stuff's not welcome at my church. People, people talk like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I mean, I'm just gonna hit it. In fact, when it came to the election, um, you know, radical people want the pastor to talk about Donald Trump every Sunday. Yeah, I talked, I talked about him zero Sundays, zero. That's good. And because I didn't come to learn about Donald Trump, I came to learn about Jesus at church. Mm-hmm. And I think even though I've got some people who wished I would have pushed a little further on the political issue, I got a lot more people that appreciate the fact that Jesus is the centerpiece at church, not Donald Trump. And of course, I'm disappointed with the outcome of the elections. I'm more disappointed with some of the things that have happened since the change of of administration. But here's the deal. Leaders rise, leaders fall, Jesus is on the throne Joe Biden will not be the president forever. Neither will Kamala Harris. The fact of the matter is, Jesus is always on the throne, and I don't have to talk about them because all they are is pieces of pawns on his chessboard. Yeah. So uh, we we've just man we we just don't get into that kind of stuff. I'm not pushed by what people want me to say. I'm pushed by Scripture and particularly Jesus, and and because of that, I think our church is now a healthy response to even things like the pandemic. The very fact is I did not have one conversation with anybody in our church about how we were handling the pandemic, not one. Nobody said we were going too slow. Nobody said we were going too fast. In fact, we had an outbreak in our church right before Christmas, and I shut it down for two weeks in a row. I mean, we didn't even have Christmas service at our church. I hated it, man. We didn't have Easter or Christmas this year. And you know what? We came back. Everybody's okay. Sadly, we had a man die. Uh, I was at the hospital when he passed away of COVID. And he actually more than likely got it at our church um, because there was a little group of people that had it one day, and we didn't know it. And he was at that event in close contact with some of those people. And it's very likely he got it at our church, and I hate that. Um, But I didn't even get any pushback from his family. Nobody. I mean, everybody thinks we've handled it uh, the way that, 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 that we should have, and I'm thankful that I have a mature church that's not driven by those kinds of issues. 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, uh, your, you saying all of that. And then also from what I'm gathering, your, your, everything you've told me, your, your, your perspective on just the whole, well, almost the whole 2020, not just COVID in particular. Um, we actually jumping back to what you said about politics. We just came through kind of a series of episodes where I, I talked to a couple of guys I know who are in that a uh, little bit more into that than I am. Uh, and just talking through everything. And it really, that's the ultimate conclusion that uh, we arrived to. And that I think is, is the best perspective you can have is that, yeah, your, your mission is not to preach a, a platform or a, a political party or a candidate it's to preach jesus christ and yeah, absolutely uh that that's good and then you know with just the reopening and and um i think what you you know you mentioned christmas and easter were both affected by covid and unfortunately that was the story for a lot of churches because it seemed like that second surge really hit hard right there as we were uh, coming into the christmas season so um, my hope for any pastor out there is if that he if he felt like his church was not reaching people ministering to his people because COVID took away something that he was depending on, my prayer and hope would be that he would completely realign his entire ministry philosophy. For example, I saw a guy on Twitter the other day, not the other day, this was this is back last year. He said something like, you know, with COVID, soul winning's been wiped out. And I was like, well, soul winning's never wiped out. Nothing. If you think that soul winning means you're supposed to go to people's doors and hand them gospel tracts, then yes, soul winning got not wiped out. Or I would say it should be wiped out, for crying out loud. Yeah. If you think that going to people's homes and trying to give them literature that you're touching is a smart idea right now, uh, you're probably not really in tune with reality. Yeah. But then on top of that, it's sad that if that's your only mechanism of evangelism, then what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, you better get creative. You better start figuring out ways to get the message of the gospel to people outside of your box. Because God and the gospel were limited a grand total of zero uh, as it relates to COVID. In fact, yeah. we've just seen the opposite. I mean, I think COVID thinned out our crowd a little bit as far as people that weren't really all bought in. Mm-hmm. But it brought us and exploded us with some people that are committed. And I think it all depended on what your philosophy was before COVID. Exactly. Well, uh, two things. First of all, yeah, you, cause you said this earlier, I really noticed that COVID was kind of like a purge for Mm -hmm. a lot of churches. And yes, I think by and large, if you looked at the average church their their numbers are down uh, a little bit, at least compared to what mm-hmm. it was before. But what I've, I've observed is that a lot of the people that, that are leaving churches are the ones that they weren't super committed. You know, we're in the South uh, and I'm in the, the, you know, Bible belt of the South. And, you know, people go to church here because uh, not all of them, but many of them, they go to church because, well, uh, that's where mom, mom and dad went to church and, and grandma and grandpa went to church. And so I've just checked in every Sunday just to kind of uh, feel good about myself. But then we go eight plus weeks without, you know, actual in-person church and people realize, uh, Hey, you know what? I, I can get away with it, if you will, with not actually mm-hmm. going. And, uh, you know, I would rather go out onto the boat on, on Sundays or whatever. And I'm not, obviously uh, I don't believe that is uh, I don't believe that's right, but at the same time, it, it is what it is. And if, and my question for, 
for even before COVID for, for church leaders and pastors has always been, is that the kind of people you want at your church? You know, usually they're the kind of people that are causing problems that are making things difficult. Uh, and there a lot of times they're the scorners, the complainers. And, and so I think that's good. And then the second thing you pointed out there, um, that you alluded to a little bit earlier as well is it was all about your philosophy before you went into COVID. So I actually remember hearing, uh, I believe it was Carrie Schmidt not too long ago on, um, it was a preaching podcast or something where he said, you know, uh, there's basically two different types of, of church models, um, mm-hmm. is there's this kind of attraction event based mm-hmm. model. And then there's this connection relation based model. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he basically was pointing out, he's so glad that their church is more is, is connection and relation based and the events, uh, are just kind of extracurricular, if you will. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of churches that are, it's the other way around. It's all about just, they live event to event, attraction to attraction, uh, just to get people, you know, just in their mind, they're just trying to get people in. Uh, but those are the ones because events, you know, extracurricular events still are difficult to do, you know, outside mm-hmm. of just your, your weekly services. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which, Somebody, Carrie Newhoff said that engagement is the new attendance. And it's yeah. something we talk about at our staff meetings basically every week engagement, engagement, engagement. What? How are we even going to know? You can't measure attendance anymore. Attendance is a terrible measurement of how good your church is doing. Who is involved in serving? Whose kids are coming to the children's programs? Who is giving? I mean, you can if you've got good financial records, you can look and see, hey, this guy was giving three months ago. He's not giving now. What's wrong? He needs to be talked to. He's not engaging. He might show up, but he's not engaging, which means he's probably on his way out the door. So engagement is a new attendance. And the attractional missional model that you're speaking of, Carrie and I talked about that on his on his podcast. And the the attractional model is not just limited to like, you know, contemporary churches versus um, you know, old school churches or whatever. It, it could be independent Baptist, it could be Southern Baptist, any any kind of church. If your church is built on getting people to your building, rather than sending people out of your building, mm-hmm. you're in trouble. You're in trouble yeah, because wow. just like you said, all of a sudden the big kids center with the slides and the ball, you know, the, the, thing, the ball house that they jump in can't even be open right now. Mm-hmm. So the very thing that you were using to get all these young families into your church, I, I got some neighbors as an example. They go to the biggest charismatic church in town. I've worked out with them. They're great people. They have not been to church in over a year because wow. of COVID, but it's not because they're not out doing stuff. They work at gyms. She's a she's a she's a CrossFit instructor. They're out here. They're going to work. Hey, why are they not going to church? And the answer is, uh, and, I, and they didn't tell me this, but I could tell them this. The answer is because you were going to church because it was attracting you for A, B, C, and D. And now A, B, C, and D is gone, and you just as soon watch it on the screen now. Look, yep. if you if watching TV on the screen is just as vital to you as, as going to church, serving the Lord, worshiping the Lord, participating in giving, using your gifts and talents for the Lord's, then, then you're not engaged in church. Yeah. You are going to a show. Mm-hmm. And... And I'm not even talking about what kind of music you that's all that's all childish talk, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what the philosophy underneath of it all is. Yeah. And it's not built on preaching, it's not built on doctrine, it's not built on fellowship and, and scripture and prayer. It's built on some it's built on a different foundation. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that that is uh, so true. And you, you talk about uh, Kerry Newhoff. Yeah, I, I think I read the same article where he uh, is talking about engagement. That's the new uh, factor. And man, what you said earlier, I'm probably going to butcher it, but you basically said if your church, your church needs to be more about sending people out than bringing people yeah. in. Yeah, uh, that yeah. That is rich. I mean, because that that just really defines the mission of mm-hmm. of the church uh that is i mean that's the great commission right there go into Absolutely. the world and so uh yeah that that's really good now uh when we do talk about you know people and i guess this could come from the angle of either in person or online church it's kind of applicable to either but as far as how your your worship experience if you will is is tailored Jumping back to what we're talking there about the attractional model, what what, uh, kind of something we've been uh, I've observed here recently and something that I've been uh, I've definitely mentioned before on on, uh, previous episodes is um, a lot of people get really caught up when it when it is because, yes, there is a place for trying to bring people into church. Obviously you're, you're going out to bring people in, you know, but you're like, like you said, I mean, I think we understand that. Like we do want people to come, we want them to attend or we want them to watch online. But when it comes to bringing people in to your church, uh, uh, so many times people get really caught up on, on marketing and advertising what I believe to be the wrong thing. Uh, and, and look, I'm a, obviously this is what I'm in business doing. So I really believe that all your stuff should be sharp. It should be excellent. Your video should be well-produced. Your graphics should look good. All of that should be done well. Uh, however, it's, it's not about the, the, the presentation should be good, but what are you presenting? And a lot mm-hmm. of times churches like to make it about their, you know, it seems like everything except for what the main aspect of preaching it is or of a service is, and that's coming to, uh, worship God and to learn more about him, uh, through the preaching of God's word. So right. here's something that, um, you know, I think is a huge, uh, and honestly, I don't know what your approach is, so I'm not meaning to call you out if I am. Uh, but mm-hmm. something that I see, I see a lot of churches do is, is the pat when the pastor gets up in the pulpit and begins to preach, a lot of times that is the first time the audience becomes aware of the content of today's sermon. Uh, and, and where I think a huge disconnect there is, is that it doesn't matter who you are, half of any given, it doesn't matter your philosophy, whether you're traditional, more contemporary, it doesn't matter. Half of any given worship service is the preaching. And mm-hmm. so, and so people are coming for truth. They're coming mm-hmm. to hear, they're, they're, they're most likely coming because they want to know more about God. They want to know more about the truth of of, of the scriptures. And so you are uh, an excellent communicator. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you've got experience in uh, working with Bible colleges, and that's actually how we met. I went to Mm -hmm. a college you were teaching at, and you taught uh, preaching, homiletics and uh, sermon preparation. And I took uh, several of those classes actually. And so you're, you're excellent at this. So uh, I guess a uh, long way around of me getting to asking you the question, I'm, I'm bringing up the conversation of um, how can preaching uh, be something that is, that is attractive to people, not saying you, you tailor the truth in order to, you, you know, to, to meet people's expectations or whatever, but mm-hmm. how could it be something that we use, if you will, to to make our church seem appealing and more attractive, if that makes sense.
Well, thanks again for joining us here at Church Media HQ. I know that your time as a church leader is so very valuable, and so it really means a lot that you would spend a little bit of that time with us. And I want to give you one more reminder to subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts or if you happen to be watching on YouTube. And of course, if you are watching, take a moment to like this video to help it get seen by others. And we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review. Let us know what you think. We love your feedback. And if you've got any ideas, feel free to drop it in that review or maybe in the comments again if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. Well, until next time, I want to give you the reminder. You know what I'm going to say. It's time for you to try something new. Why? Well, you also know why. Because you know that it is so much better to fail at trying the incredible than to succeed at doing the average. We'll see you next time here on Church Media HQ.